Amen. We start a new series tonight called Different. Everybody say different. We're going to be talking about the book of 1 Peter for the next few Wednesday nights. And it's very, very interesting. I took my Bible down and just read the whole book of 1 Peter, which is only five chapters, again, early this morning. And uh, what, what nuggets and what awesome things are found in the book of 1 Peter. Peter was often described as, as an uneducated fisherman by modern theologians and philosophers. But I'm going to tell you, in my opinion, he was a very sharp passionate, bold, gutty guy. He, he, he was, uh, matter of fact, he was something special because God in his, in his divine ordinance saw fit for him to be handed the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And if you read that, you will find that Peter had great power because the Lord said unto him, whatever you bind on earth is going to be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth is going to be loosed in heaven. And Peter was a, was a great, great apostle of Jesus Christ. Peter writes to, in the book of First uh, Peter, he writes to Christians. And he writes about Christians. And he writes about several other subjects, about uh, election and foreknowledge and sanctification and obedience and the blood of Christ and grace and revelation and hope. And he, he wrote about called to be different. Everybody say, we're different. There's a reason you're different. I'm not, I'm not exactly sure. And uh, when the, the apostle wrote this epistle to the church, but it was somewhere, historians say, between 60 and 65 A.D., during the reign of a very wicked man by the name of Nero. Let me tell you a little bit about Nero. Nero killed his mother, killed his first wife, and historians say likely killed his second wife. He was a very wicked man. Uh, he, he even, in, in, in July of, of 64 AD, Nero, they say, is the one that started the fire in Rome that burned out of control for six days. And they finally got it back in control. And then it went out of control for three more days. Because he had such an insatiable uh, appetite for wanting to build and to be known. He had a lust for building. To be known as a builder. And the Senate of that day would not let him build. He was such a wicked man that he just set the city on fire. And then he turned around and said, I didn't do that. The Christians done that. Nero began to persecute. I'm, I'm, I'm laying all this because you need to see the setting of the way First Peter was written. Nero, Nero began to brutally persecute Christians. Let me tell you what he would do. He would take animal skins, skins of animals that have already been killed or died. And he would put them on Christians. And he would lead them into caves. And then he would turn wild dogs loose in those caves. And he would sip his wine and party as he listened to the wild dogs ripping apart Christians in that cave. 
That's, that was his entertainment. That's what he liked to do. Another, another story of Nero is that he would take hot wax and put it on Christians. And then he would tie them to the trees and set the tree on fire. And that wax would literally burn those Christians in torture. And they would become candles in the night sky while he sipped his wine and partied and had great entertainment. And so this is the setting where Peter began to write of the difficult times of Christians and temptation and trial. It was, it was in this period of time. So now you see when you read the book of First Peter, why he was writing the things that he was writing on, in, in the book. He said, he said in his book a whole lot about trial and a whole lot about overcoming. I want to talk tonight a little bit about, about different faith. Somebody say different faith. Different faith in trials. We all have them. We've all been there. But I want to take from the book of First Peter and talk to you about different faith. Different on the book of First Peter for those facing a trial. We're going to talk about it tonight. Those of you who are in a trial, wish you could change your setting. Don't have the answers tonight to get out of the dilemma that you're in. And either you're, let me, let me just say it this, you're either in a trial, you've been in a trial, or you're going to be in a trial as a child of God. I want you to say this with me. We all have them. You nobody escapes them, ladies and gentlemen. We are people that go through trials. We can't conceive it. We've got financial trouble. We got struggling to pay our bills, battling with an incurable disease such as cancer. We, we're, we've got children making unwise decisions. We, we often feel helpless because it seems like the world just caves in on us. Well, this is what was happening in the book of First Peter. Let me get, begin. Let me begin and read to you. I think this is the New Living Translation. But this is what he said in, in First Peter 1 and 1. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. He said that in verse 1. That word foreigner, if you go look that word up in the Greek that he used in, in 1 Peter 1 and 1, it simply means this. Exiles, sojourners, aliens, strangers, foreigners. That, that word that is used in the writing of Scripture could mean any one of those words in the Greek. And so what I've come to tell you tonight, he was saying to those people, you really don't belong here. You're just a foreigner where you are right now. You're a stranger in the land that you are in. This is not your home. Aren't you glad that the world is not your home? Remember the old song? I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Is anybody glad that this is not heaven? This is not all it is to it? 
This is not the end of the road. This is not where we're going to abide forever. This is not our home. Somebody ought to say hallelujah to that because we give God praise that we are only here for a little while. Ladies and gentlemen, this is only a dressing room for eternity. Do you believe that tonight? We're getting ready for a better place. And because you're not from here, you don't live like the world lives. As followers of Jesus, we're looked upon to be different. We talk different. We believe different. We invest different. We live different. We dress different. We look different. We are different. Somebody said amen. Amen. We have different values. We have different standards. We have different goals in our life. We are, look, you cannot get caught up with the things of this world. You got to get your, the Bible said, set your affection. Say that with me. Set your affection on things above. So if you're different, you can't be satisfied with what you have in this whole world. This whole world is just a place for us to dwell a little while. Thank God that He put us here. But won't it be wonderful there? Won't it be better when we get to the other side? When we hear Him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So we are, we are different. Now, trials are bad. Trials are, are not fun. We don't like trials. Nobody likes to go through trial. Let me, let me give you something right in the very outset tonight. And, and you better believe what I'm about to tell you. The Bible said no man is tempted of God. God doesn't tempt you. He allows you to be tempted. I was thinking about this today in my study. And I, I thought, you know what? Be, that would be hard for some people to comprehend and understand. But you have to go look at a man like Job. Whom the Bible said when the sons of men came before God. That Satan came with them. And Satan began to question Job's faith. And question. And, 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 and when the Lord saw what Satan was thinking, he said, okay, I'll, I'll remove the hedge around him. And you can do anything you want to do, but you can't kill him. Just go at it. Go read the story of Job. We don't have time to study all that tonight. But you know and I know that Job lost his kids. Job lost his herds. Job lost his riches. Job lost his wife. Job lost everything that he had. His friends turned against him. Everything that Job had. He was a very rich man. And he had the blessings of God upon him. If you go from the front of Job, the first chapter to the last chapter, it is a, it starts out looking like a very horrible story. But let me tell you what the Bible said. The latter end of Job was greater than the beginning. You know why? Because God didn't put a trial in his life, but he allowed him to go through a trial. But, and that's what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. Because you see, if we are truly what we ought to be, we will have what is known as genuine faith. Somebody say that with me, genuine faith. So if there is genuine faith, there is also false faith. If you're in the middle of a difficult time right now, 
And your faith is being tested. Let me read to you 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. So be truly glad. This is in, in the New Living, I believe. There is a there is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Somebody say, just a little while. Wow. These trials, verse 7, will show that your faith is genuine. These trials are going to find out what you're made out of. So you can't just have ordinary faith. you got to have genuine faith. you got to have different faith. If there's genuine faith, there's also false faith. And one of the biggest challenges of people today is dealing in false faith. And I'm going to explain that to you. False faith. Here's, here's, here's the number one false faith that I want to talk about. I believe this is in your notes. False faith is inherited faith. Somebody say inherited faith. Come on now. You got to help me out tonight. Everybody say inherited faith. How do you get inherited faith? Well, you have people that say, well, I'm, I'm Methodist, Pentecostal, Baptist, Church of God, Episcopalian, Catholic. I'm all that because that's what my mama was. That's what my father was. That's what my grandparents were. It's inherited faith. We, we have it here, and so does every other church. Inherited faith. People that are there because that's all they've ever known, and they just take somebody's word for it. They have no real experience with God. They have no anointing, no, no, no relationship. It's just inherited faith. You can't stand the trial with inherited faith. That's false faith. I love my dad. He's gone to be with the Lord. But let me tell you, I can't ride his coattail to heaven. I love my mom, but I can't ride her prayers to heaven. I love my wife. I love my heritage. I love everything. But none of that will save me. What I've come to tell you on this Wednesday night is that you have to have different faith. And that different faith is when you get it for yourself and you don't get it from anybody else. Now, I'm not telling you mama was wrong or daddy was wrong. or I'm not telling you that. What I'm telling you is that inherited faith won't stand the test. It won't stand the trial because that's not real faith. That's false faith. That's, that's like saying, well, I, you know, I know this is not right, but I'm going to go here because somebody else does. No, 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 no. You have to find a relationship with God for yourself. I had to do it. You had, I was raised in the church, but there came a time in my life that I had to have a personal encounter with God and I couldn't depend on, on the things that I had been taught. I'm sorry, Jeff. I forgot to turn this on. Let's turn it on and see if it works. Amen. If it don't work, we'll go to the other one. I like it because I can get my hands free. Everybody say personal relationship. Come on, say it loud. Personal relationship. You can't, you can't have somebody else's relationship and expect it to get you through the test of time and the trial of your life. You gotta have this attitude. Remember this song? If mama don't go, I'll carry on. If daddy don't go, I'll carry on. 
Doesn't matter what everybody else does. I know this. I had a meeting with God. I had an encounter with God. I got faith for myself. I know where I stand with God. And let the trial come. That's what Job had to do. His friend said, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, I'm not going to do that. His wife, his wife said, why don't you just curse God and die? He said, I'm not going to do that. Every one of them turned on him. His friends pulled a chair up. Let me tell you. And sat seven days and just watched him. Just watched him. Just stared at him. He's got balls all over his body. He's racked in pain. All of his money's gone. His kids are gone. Everything's dying around him. He don't have any hope. But he said, I know my Redeemer liveth. I know my Redeemer liveth. And, and again he said, I'm waiting on my change to come. I, you see, it, it goes deeper than inherited faith. You've got to have different faith. I challenge you tonight. I preach... I preached many years ago on a Sunday morning the true sincerity of a man. And I preached along these lines in, in, in a sort of a way about mama can't do it, daddy can't do it, inheritance can't do it, pedigree can't do it. You have to have an encounter with God. And I knew a man that was in this church searching and looking. And, and, and I knew, I, I didn't preach to him, didn't know he was going to be there that day. But I knew when I was done that God was talking to him. I could call his name tonight. I watched him get up and walk out of this building. And as far as I know, he's not living for God to this day. You know why? Because some folks take their lineage and their inheritance and their heritage, they take it above anything else. I'm not here to discount anything you've been taught Anything that, that, that God has been put in your life, here's what I'm here to do tonight. I'm here to challenge you to find you an altar and find you a place with God and get a faith that is deeper than mom or dad or sister or brother or family or anything else. Don't just have an inherited faith. Different. Everybody say different. So let me hurry. The next faith that is a challenge in the church is shallow faith. Shallow faith. Remember the parable that Jesus told in Matthew chapter 13? Remember the sower that went forth and he sowed seed. Some fell among thorns. Some fell on stony ground. Some fell by the wayside. He sowed seed. Out of, out of the seeds that Jesus talked about. There was only one that took root and survived. There was one that didn't make it because the Bible said that it fell on stony ground and it could not get root. That seed could not germinate. It could not grow because it could not get root. That's called shallow faith. We've got a lot of folks with shallow faith. They want to, they want to have faith on Sunday morning when the church is there. They, they, they want to just think, oh yeah, this is wonderful, thank God. Look, we got, we got more, I hope I don't hurt your feelings tonight, but here we go. We got more people that have shallow faith than you can imagine. They're there for the hoopla. They're there for the glory. They like the party. 
They want to be in the social group. They think the church is the Lions Club or the Kiwanis Club. They just come so they can rub shoulders with everybody and be called a part of the church. That's shallow faith. You know where the real shallow faith takes you? Nowhere. But let me tell you, when you get rooted in God, you'll be looking for the next miracle. You'll be looking for the next prayer meeting. You'll be looking for the next thing on God's agenda. Because deep faith, deep faith, and faith that is rooted and grounded, well, it's just not a fly-by-night faith. It's not, whoa, we're doing good today. And the first thing that comes along, all of a sudden, you're gone. The first trial that comes along, you don't know how to handle it. You forgot there was an altar of prayer. Ladies and gentlemen, you know where I found God? At an altar of repentance. You know where you'll find God if you have it? At an altar of repentance. But I want to go further. You know where you keep God? At an altar of repentance. A place of prayer in your life. Get up every day and root yourself deep. That's why we love this book. That's why we pray. That's why we serve God. It's because our faith gets deeper. And our faith, look, look, the preacher said it a week and a half ago here on a Sunday morning. The storm didn't just come to the man that built his house on the sand. It came to the man that built his house on the rock. The storms are coming. And the only way for you to survive is not have shallow faith. You've got to get some roots. You've got to go deep. And you've got to say nothing. You've got to be like a plea, a, a, a tree that is planted by the river of life, water. And you say nothing is going to move me. I may bend and I may, I may move and I, I may shake in the storm. But I will not move because I know, I know my relationship with God. There's folks that probably sit right here right now that, I hate to say this, but it's true. The, the chances of you being lost could be very good because you refuse to read the Word of God and you refuse to have prayer and you refuse to build relationship. It's called shallow faith. The third faith that the church is challenged with is called conditional faith. There's a lot of this around. You know what it says? Conditional faith says, I'll believe as long as things go my way. You'll do this, God, I'll believe. Come on now. If you'll say, if you'll, you know, you're always bargaining with God. Anybody ever seen the bumper sticker that said, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. Anybody ever seen that? I got news for you. That ain't true. Here's the real bumper sticker. God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. Amen. If God said it, it's a fact. You can't serve God on condition. Now, God can move on condition because He said, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways... He said, I'll hear from heaven. And I, but he said, if they'll do that, then I will. If you will, I will. But you can't, you can't treat God the way God looks at humanity. He's God and we're flesh. You've got to say, God, I'm going to serve you no matter what. It's not a matter of condition. If I have money, I'm going to serve you. If I don't have money, I'm going to serve you. If I got cancer, I'm going to serve you. If I don't have cancer, I'm going to serve you. If my job's in good, good and everything's going well, I'm serving you. But even if I don't have a job, I'm still serving you. 
It's not about condition. It's about faith that goes deep. Different faith. Different faith. Here's, here's in your notes. So let me ask you this question. How does God use your trial? How does God use trials for us? Here's the way. Number one, trials, and this is in your note, trials reveal your faith. Those trials will show that your faith is genuine. And you can write this down. A faith that has been tested is a faith that can be trusted. A faith that can be tested is a faith that can be trusted. Isn't that pretty awesome? That's why the Bible said that the trial of your faith is more precious than gold. The trial of your faith. Anybody here ever been through a trial? Huh? You know, it takes a lot of faith to come through a trial, don't it? I, I can't name all the trials. There's, there's, there's so many that we, we go through and, and we have to deal with sometime in life. Peter went through them. Peter wrote this and he went through trial. Let me tell you. You go back to the book of Luke chapter 22 verse 31 and you'll find where the Lord looked at Simon Peter that day and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan hath, has he's asked to sift you as wheat. The, the King James Version said... Satan desires to sift you as wheat. The New Living Translation said, He's asked to sift you as wheat. But Jesus said to him, I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith, your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. In other words, don't, I'm praying for you that you won't give in to the trial. I'm praying for you that the enemy can't get to you. You see, Peter was a, he was a unique guy. In his early years, you know, Peter wasn't a doctor or a lawyer. He was a fisherman. He was just a fisherman. And God called him. And in his early years, he was obnoxious. He was, he was pretty tough. He was just an old burly guy that loved the outdoors. He was impulsive. He was cocky. He was very inconsistent. If you go study his life, that's Peter. I mean, he's the one that took his sword and whacked the ear off of a Roman soldier. Just what? In the garden, they came after Jesus. He just grabbed his sword and cut Malchus' ear off. Jesus, in his greatness, just picked it up and put it back on. Amen. Pretty tough old boy. But in his later years, he was faithful. He was patient. He was devoted. He was still bold. But he was bold for Jesus Christ. You see, God used the trials of Simon Peter to make him. And when he was tested, then he could be trusted. Here's what the difference is between Simon and Judas. Simon Peter denied the Lord three times in the night. You know that. Jesus said, you're going to deny me three times before the cock crows. Remember that? And he did. But you, the next scene of Simon Peter was that he wept bitterly with tears. He was ashamed of what he'd done. He repented. I believe God loves repenting people. I believe that's why David was called the man after God's own heart. If you don't believe that, you go read Psalms 51 before you go to bed and you'll see what God loved about David. He loved repentance. 
He loves it when people humble themselves and say, God, I'm so sorry. I've done wrong. I'm a sinner. And that's exactly what Simon Peter did. That, it, this is why, that's just why he was trusted because his, his faith was tested. And, and, and even though he shook a little and even though he made a mistake, I got news for you. You're not going to stand through every trial and never make a mistake. You're not going to do it. Simon didn't do it. The only one I ever know that done it was Jesus Christ. And the devil couldn't shake him. But let me just tell you, your faith's going to be tested. You're going to be tested at some point in time. People will test you. Circumstances will test you. It, it was, he was so tested that in the end, he was willing to die the death of a martyr for Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? The man that wrote this died a martyr for Jesus Christ. So here's what James said in his writing. James chapter 1 verse 2. He said, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. That perseverance finishes its work. So that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. I'm going to say this again. I said it Sunday morning. I'm going to say it again. The first place you need to run when you've got a trial is not to the pill or the bottle or the needle or the world or even the doctor. The first place you need to run, the first place you need to go to is an altar and seek the face of Jesus Christ. I'm not preaching against doctors. I'm not preaching against your medicine. You better take that blood pressure medicine. He gave you that. God believes in doctors. Luke was a doctor. Okay? I believe in doctors. But I don't want us to set God on the back burner. Here's what we got to know. That the perseverance, our perseverance, will, will finish the work. And it will, it will cause us to be complete, not lacking anything. When we just stand firm and say, God, I don't know why I'm going through this. I see so many people. Brother Rory and I were talking about this just the other day. I see so many people that the first little wind comes along. Somebody says something you don't like. Somebody does something you don't, you don't agree with. Somebody, and, and you know what? You look up and they're gone. And the pastor's out there having to change diapers and get the pacifier and stick it in and say, suck on this now. Stop your whining. Quit crying, baby boy. Don't think it's a joke, but it's a truth. The Bible said somewhere you've got to get off the milk and get on the meat. You've you got to quit sucking the bottle at some point in time and get off the pacifier. I hope I'm not hurting your feelings, but it's the truth. If the preacher has to coach you to church every Sunday, something's wrong with your experience with God. If I got to pat and pepper you, oh, we all get down. Don't get me wrong. We don't. We get down. But y'all don't think the preacher gets down. He's just, he's a superhero. I got news for you. There's times I don't even want to come to church. But I know, I know where I need to be. And I know what God has in my life. And I know what he's done in my life. And I, I'm going to say some things in the end of this. 
I want you to hear. But, but let me tell you, we don't walk by feeling. We walk by faith. I'm not living for God for you. I'm living for God for Him. Amen? So here's, here's what I want to tell you. There's purpose in your pain. God, God never wastes a hurt in your life. It's for you to get closer to Him. Here's, matter of fact, here's the next blank you fill in. Trials draw you closer to God. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9 says this in the New Living Testament. You love God even though you have never seen Him. Though you do not see Him now, you trust Him. And you rejoice with a glorious, inexpressible joy. The reward for trusting Him will be the salvation of your soul. Hang on, baby. When it's over with, you're going to be saved. You ought to have inexpressible joy. The Bible said it's joy unspeakable. Somebody say that with me. Joy unspeakable. You can't even explain the joy when you get through that. When you, look, I've never seen God. You've never seen God. But we believe in God. We know there's a God. I've seen the wonderful works of God. I know the miracles of God. He's performed them in my own life. So there's not a doubt in my mind. Peter said, you don't see it, but you still believe in it. Blessed are they who have not seen, and yet they have believed. What the Bible said. We don't see God around here, but we gather here to worship Him because He is the Almighty God. So you just keep persevering and you keep moving forward. And the Scripture said the reward for trusting Him is the salvation of your soul. Here's the good news. You ready for this? Fill this blanket on your paper. The good news isn't that God saves us from our trials. That's not the good news. The good news is that God saves us from our sin. He didn't say He's going to take you around it. He didn't say He's going to take you above it. He didn't say He's going to take you under it. He said, I'm going to take you through it. You've got to have faith. Different faith. Real faith. Genuine faith. Some say, oh well, you've heard this. You've heard this scripture misquoted many times. God won't put anything on us we can't bear. You ever heard that? So what the Bible said. He said, with every temptation, He will make a way of escape. You're going to be tempted. I got news for you. God lets some things come on us to see how much you can handle. So it'll make a better man or a better woman out of you. If you got a temper, you're going to be tested. If you don't have any patience, we're going to be tested. You notice I threw myself in there. Because sometimes I don't have a whole lot. You're going to be tested. And as you grow and you depend on God, you can rejoice with glorious, inexpressible, unexplainable joy. Because you've been tested and you've won. You have come through with different faith. Now, Your hardest trial, 
your hardest trial. Think about it. I don't know what your hardest trial is in your life. I know mine. I thought about them today. There have been some tough times in my life. I don't know what I've done without God, without the church. I've never had an addiction. I've never been out there doing some of the things. Some of you have come from, from way deeper out in the world than I, I ever would. But that doesn't mean that I haven't had hard trials. You've had some. I've had some. And I've had to pray until I came through them. The only thing that kept me going, I've been to the place I couldn't see God, I couldn't feel God, I couldn't hear God. I didn't know where God was. Job got there. He said, oh, that I might find him. Where is God? You ever felt that way? You ever felt in a family situation, in a crisis in your finances, in a life when you, you suddenly have a doctor walk in and you think it's all over with? There's people right here in this room like that tonight. But your hardest trial brings you closer to God. Don't drive you away if it's genuine faith. You know what Job said? Watch this. Though he slay me. Somebody finish it. Though he slay me. Yet will I serve him. If I die, I die. But I'm going to die serving God. I'm going to go down with my faith in Jesus Christ tonight. So my faith isn't based on what I see. My faith isn't based on what I hear. Although hearing will create faith. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. But my faith is not based on what I walk by every day and see every day. Look, if, if, if Daryl Page comes to me tonight, he's not going to do this. But if he came to me tonight and he said, Pastor, I've had enough. I'm quitting. I ain't never coming back in this church. Don't call me. Don't fool with me. I've had people do that to me. Don't mess with me. I ain't coming back. I'm going anyway. And that's my friend. Anybody with me tonight? You, you, it's, you don't walk by sight. You walk by faith. Different faith. Not a little faith the world has. Not inherited faith. Not shallow faith. Not conditional faith. You can't bargain with God. Okay, God, I'll serve you if. No, 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 no. You serve him because. Amen. You know why I'm serving him? Because he's God. You know why I worship him tonight? Because he's God. I'm not, I'm not going to try to bargain with God. I'll tell you what, God, you give me $50 this week, I'll serve him. No, 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 no. That's, that's hogwash. You've got the wrong concept if that's where you are. Here's, got, here's the attitude that you've got to have to have deep faith. God, my kids don't go, I'm going with my Wife, don't go. My husband, don't go. I'm, I'm going to serve you. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not building around things of this world. I'd like to have a new home, but God, if I live in a shack the rest of my life, I'm, I'm still serving you. I'd like to drive a good car, Lord, but if, if, if i got to drive this old jalopy and have to push it about half the time, it's okay. I'm serving you. Doesn't matter what happens to come to my life, Lord, I just made up my mind. My faith is in you. Different faith. Somebody say different faith. So when we, we're in the world, but we're not of the world. So when we meet our trial, and I close with this statement. 
when we meet our trial, it's a test to find out what kind of faith you really have. And if you have different faith, faith different from what the world has. This is, this is not politics. This is not, this is not a club. This is the church of the living God. And I told him this today in my prayer. It's not my church, Lord. You bought it with your own blood. You purchased it with your own blood. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. And I'm going to be here. I don't care how many times I fall, I'm getting up. I don't care how much storm comes in my life, I'm hanging on. I don't care how hard the wind blows. I don't care if nobody else serves you. God, I've made up my mind. I am determined. I've made up my mind. I will serve the Lord. Stand with me all over this house. Different faith. Faith in your trial. you got to have it. The ushers are coming right now to receive your offering. I'll finish while they're receiving the offering tonight. I hope I've helped you. And I hope this series is going to be awesome. We're going to talk about several different subjects of being different. And, and you, you need to come and, and be involved and listen. Because this is going to help you live for God. See, what I'm talking about tonight is probably going to show up some point in your life in the next few days. And you're going to say, oh yeah, I remember what pastor said. Devil, you ain't taking me down with this. Take your best shot. You're not taking me down with this. Let them say what they want to. You're not taking me down with this. Is anybody determined to live for God in this house? Has anybody got your faith in Jesus Christ tonight? I don't care what they say, I'm serving Jesus. I don't care what anybody else does. I'm ser- I don't care if they laugh at me, I'm serving Jesus. Put your hands up all over this house and let's thank God for the Word here tonight. Thank you, Lord, for your Word. Help us, God, create in us deep and different faith. Faith to walk through every trial. Faith to meet it head on. Faith to come out a better man or a better woman. Let us be trusted because of our faith. In Jesus' name I pray tonight.